Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, you guys, open your hearts and loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situationships and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Text sex regrets so feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee baby we got it It's up, up, And welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I'm Naomi. We're a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners. And here we are, surrounded by all of our animals. (laughs) Mostly not out of love, I would say. Mostly out of the fact that uh, the food that we gave them this morning was not to their liking. So they are pressuring us. us, Pressuring us. Intimidating us into giving them dry food. I know. They said, you're not typing on these computers. <laughs> you can't. you give me that good, good. You can't, my little boys. I will say, though, we've got a fun weekend coming up, Andy, because this Saturday, February 26th, is your birthday, shorty. Mmm. Mmm. Birthday. I have to say this, Naomi. What? You invited some friends of ours. Uh, just go to a park and have some cake. That's yeah. nice. Uh, for some reason, having the focus, the attention on me yes. feels... I guess I am an introvert. I guess that is the I guess that is the definition of being an introvert. I just want to like go hide under the bed for some reason. It was your idea. You wanted a <laughs> gathering. Oh my god! I want, now he an introvert. I wanted to see friends, and then the minute that like you invited people, people I want to see. By the way, right? Of course, no, no one you invited was anyone that I was like. Bleh. I was like, <laughs> oh, I love yeah, these people. You vetted the list. Vetted the vetted the list. <laughs> Yet. Yet, 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 yet. The yet. minute you you 
invited people, I was like, oh, people are going to be looking at me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the beauty of like a group hang. It'll just be like, you know, we'll all be sitting around in our little conversations. I don't Mm. think it's going to be, you know, I I don't know if we have to like sing and watch you blow out a candle or anything like that. Oh, God, no. Please, no. Please, none of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will let you know, though. uh, I did buy two cakes. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. How am I someone who like enjoys the clapping and laughter of strangers, Mm -hmm. yet dear friends, their praise and love somehow I can't handle? Well, you know, we all struggle mentally and emotionally and, you know, there's sad clown vibes and that's fine. (laughs) And that's fine. That's you. Am I Pagliacci? (laughs) Yes, you are. Sorry, Naomi, but I am Pagliacci. (laughs) You still owe me the copay. (laughs) That's That's the the new ending to that. Yeah. Hey, uh, that's great. I'm sorry that my advice didn't work. (laughs) Here's a script for Zoloft and, you know, you can... Pay, pay on your way out. Other way out. Pay on your way out. Actually, the doors won't unlock until you pay. So, that's Ooh, fun fact. Yeah, true modern doctor's office. Yeah. Uh, Naomi, we have, of course, uh, some comments yes. from our listeners. Now, when we give advice, uh, we always uh, invite people to call in. I, I, I can't play all We can't all go of through them. everything, but we do I like do to, listen to them all, though. But we can't play them all, and then look. And sometimes you say something where it's like, you know what? That is a hot take. Mm-hmm. You know what? We didn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear it and then share it. And I think we've got two wonderful comments that are something special. We do. Uh, first one, I think this is a Rivers episode. I can't remember exactly. But um, someone called in and said that they were reentering the world and going to their, I believe, husbands, like work functions again. And they're in the Midwest and all of... And everyone's boring. And yeah, sucks. everyone's boring. And, no, they keep bringing up like weight loss and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like body yeah, talk, that's post-quarantine. They, that's why I said they sucked. <laughs> and they wanted some advice, like how do I, what do I, how do I deal with this? So this person had some thoughts that we did not think of. Hi, Andy and Naomi. I am calling for um, some feedback for the person who called, asking for advice on how to deal with people who bring up body weight, food issues at like a you know work party or a setting where you're trying to still be polite. Um, I personally, since the pandemic, as Naomi affectionately calls it. I'm leaning into pushing people a little bit on their problematic behaviors um, because I just don't have time for nonsense anymore. So I do think there's a way to be polite and not overly aggressive while still kind of pushing them a little bit on understanding why that's maybe not okay and not a neutral topic as you, you know, so smartly said. So if someone brings up something relating to, you know, oh, my gosh, I've put on so much weight since COVID or, you know, oh, I'm going to be bad or whatever. You know, sometimes I make, make, make a hot comment of like, oh, really? Well, I don't really put a, a value judgment on food or, you know, I think I don't put a value judgment on, you know, bodies. Bodies are bodies and my body's different than your body and they're all equal and they're all valid and they're all good. And kind of lean into the uncomfortability that can kind of come from that and make them feel a little uncomfortable. Again, it's nothing crazy and super aggressive but just enough so that they understand and then i would still use the technique of like pivoting to something else after that so saying like anyway you know what's going on with this sports team or what's going on with the tv show so i do think there is a little bit depending on the situation obviously you can use a judgment but i do think there is a a time and a place where you can kind of push people a little bit on things that are problematic because that you know i'm 
someone who's trying to come to terms with that in my own life, but there might be someone who's really struggling with that and something like that can be really triggering or upsetting to them. And so if I can handle that, you know, uncomfortability, I don't mind doing that with people. Um, so that's my advice for that. Thanks. So. Well, thank you. Yes, push it. I, I think I might have said that too. You say push it real good. Just be like, you know what? I ain't got time for this. I love, I love the use of the word nonsense. Mm-hmm. And that's very accurate to me. So I think that was very good. I really appreciate it. I don't think we said that because... Uh, I don't think either you or I would would intentionally make an interaction awkward. I think you and I both do whatever we can do to deflect awkwardness as that's much true. as possible. That's true. That's, that's true. Hey, if you can handle, that's why I play this. I, hey, if you can handle that uncomfortability, uncomfortability, discomfort, really discomfort. But that's all right. <laughs> do we have another one? We do. This is from. Uh, Rivers episode two, I think. Um, there was a uh, a woman in a lesbian relationship, and uh, they broke up. And then there was an older yes, lesbian yes, couple. Yes, the drama. Yes, drama around. Yes, it. incestuous friendships, and sort of we were together, but now I got a crush on this other one. Yes, and the uh, or I don't have a crush on the right. Right. So okay. So uh, this I think gave a perspective that we did not have. Well, at least you and I did not have. Hi, so this is some um, feedback for AM, who um, was on the show this uh, this week, um, had a ex-fiance thing going on with SB, um, and is now trying to set boundaries with M, I think. It was very complicated. Anyways, here's my thought based on my own uh, 20s. <laughs> and various experiences I had with people in their, you know, late 30s and 40s. Um, SB might be a mess and might be, you know, glad you're rid of her, whatever. But I think the real villains of this story are these older folks who are maybe behaving in a predatory way towards the young queers in their community because I feel like I've seen that before. I've had it happen to me. Um, It's a real thing. And, um, you know, Maybe SB didn't break up their marriage. Maybe, you know, one or both of them went after SB. Who knows? I'm just saying this might be another way to look at it. And, um, you know, definitely if M is in any way not respecting your boundaries, put a lot of distance there. That's that's my advice. Just really put a lot of distance there. All right. Um, good luck. <laughs> All right, bye. Good luck. That felt rich to me. That felt like someone who had been through things. Yeah. Well, well, they said, <laughs> exactly, in their 20s. So, yes, maybe the older couple was the one that initiated, th- or one of the one of the people in the older couple was uh, initiated things, yep. and that's what started th- started off. Who knows? I know. But it was interesting to have it refocused. You gotta, gotta reframe it, baby. You gotta, you gotta re- Reframe it, rename it. Reclaim it. <laughs> Reclaim it. Reframe it, rename it, reclaim it. Come on, Andy. Is that a real phrase or? I just said it, but it's like on a book. Just three rhymes. Come on. I'm put a yama. I'm a, a shirt. Someone wrote a comment and they want uh, you to put um, uh, some stuff from your half hour on shirts. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking of a shirt that just says swangin'. <laughs> and you just have to know. What's know? the thing you said about Jan? I need a vacation from Maui. Well, that just like, that'd I'm be good on thing. Yeah, trying to be a Jan of this life. Yeah, uh-huh. I think they said they wanted that on a T-shirt. Trying to be a Jan of this life with Naomi Ekperkin, a little cartoon <laughs> version of your face underneath it, something like that. <laughs> uh, before we get into the episode, Naomi, I just want to say, you know, the show is mostly 
funded by our Patreon. Yes. All right. Absolutely. So if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. For $5 a month, one tier only, baby. One tier, we hold you dear. And you will get two bonus episodes a month. Just me and Andy in the house. Talk about love, life, career, peeling back the sick curtain, everything in between, quite honestly. So again, that is patreon.com slash couples therapy pad. And now, Naomi. Well, all this out of the way. Who is our wonderful guest on today's episode? Our wonderful guest is, I mean, she's brilliant. She's warm. She's funny. She makes the best jam in town. And she is Alyssa Mastromonaco, Henny. She is former White House Deputy Chief of Staff under President Barack Obama. She's also, the way I met her, she is a frequent co-host on the podcast Hysteria. Alyssa, she knows all. She sees all. She makes me laugh. And so I think it's time for me to say, roll it. So I got to ask, are you a wholesome person? Now you survived the viper pit of DC politics (laughs) and went on to make jam. I'm a pretty wholesome person. (laughs) I really am. I just like everyone to be, you know, it's like I'm the person who goes into the store and I'm not saying this like it makes me a good person. There's a difference, right? (laughs) But like I love to go into the store and like know everybody's name. My dream is to literally embody Stars Hollow. It's like I want to know everybody's (laughs) name. I want, I want to be the nice version of Luke at Luke Steiner. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the, your show, right? That's Luke, your show? Gilmore Girls, yeah. Yes, okay. Luke's, I think Luke's gruff, but nice. I think he is a he's the gruff exterior with a nice inside. Totally. But like when you, if you are an outsider in Stars Hollow and you come in, you're like, I don't know about him. I want people to be like, that Alyssa, Luke Steiner, she's a delight. <laughs> she has want, all the good yeah. information. <laughs> nice outside and nice interior. Exactly. Like, uh, unlike... All the houses in Los Angeles, which have mm. a disgusting exterior yeah. and a maybe nice interior. Maybe nice interior. I mean, the idea of living in L.A. is like fairly stressful to me. <laughs> well, OK, but you lived in D.C., right? I did, which was also stressful in its own different yeah, way. Another industry town. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what? People always laugh. One of my funniest stories of like living in Washington was my first year in the White House when I went to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, you know, the one that Donald mm-hmm. Trump tried to kill. Yep. <laughs> and I was so nervous about saying anything, anything that shouldn't be repeated, anything, mm-hmm. anything. Because, you know, you go as a guest of a reporter. That Halfway through the dinner, my the person who invited me was Lynn Sweet from the Chicago Sun-Times. She turned to me and she's like, how drunk are you? And I was like, <gasps> I haven't had one drink all night. And she was like, oh, I thought you were quiet because you were drunk. I was like, no, I'm quiet because I'm sober and scared of you. And that, in essence, is my time in D.C. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So, okay, I mean, the thing, because obviously this is a show about uh, relationships, mm. I was curious, were you, uh, were you already married then? Were you dating? No, they when, met no, there. Oh, we met here. Okay, you want to hear my favorite? Do you want to know? Okay, so. <laughs> I actually, you guys, had this happen, and it was so depressing. 
I was like kind of dating this guy and we met at the Harkins Steak Fry, which back then, back in 2005, whenever it was, 2006, was like the penultimate event to get invited to if you ever wanted to run for president. And so I went oh. with Barack Obama. He got invited by Senator Harkin. I go with Barack Obama. And there is, um, there is someone there who is like very flirty with me. And we mm-hmm. get in the car to drive home. And then Senator Obama's like, if you don't email him, I will. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out as I did a lot of sleuthing. So then he like dropped off the face of the earth and then he reappeared about two days after it was like a rumor that Barack Obama was going to run for president. And I realized that he had been courting me because, I mean, I was like the queen of Obama land back then, you know, in DC anyway. Like, it's like, uh-huh. it was like, and I was like, oh my God, he wants to work on the campaign. And I heard Pfeiffer mention this person's name in passing. And I barely knew Pfeiffer, Dan Pfeiffer. And I spun around and I was like, if you hire him, he was trying to date me to work here. So you have to make sure that doesn't actually happen. And he was like, Okay, Alice. And I was like, that's right. So I, after that, you guys, I don't think I went on a date. Until I met my husband. How many years was that? Like four, five. Wow. Because you were worried that people were dating you just to get you Like everyone. I mean, like people would invite me to all different things. People I'd never, were never my friends. People Mm -hmm. who I'd never heard of. All of a sudden were like inviting me to these things. And the funny thing is that you could tell the people who like back then were Hillary people. Because they'd be like, I'm sorry, what's your name again? (laughs) I'd be like the really long Italian uh-huh. name that works for like the only black senator, you know? Like, and then they'll you grab your me. arm and take a bite out of your arm. Totally. But then, so it turns out, you guys, because of the underwear bomber, remember the underwear bomber? Oh, you mean the reason why we have all the theatrical uh, yeah. stuff we have to do when yeah. we get on a plane now? Yeah. All that. So we were supposed to then, so fast forward, I'm in the White House. The president. Okay. Um, okay, Diva. Okay, fast, fast, fast forward, I'm in the White House. Fast, fast forward, forward, I'm in the White House. I'll spare you the photo. Very Jan. Very I Jan. I don't look like myself. Very Karen. <laughs> the, um, the, the ultimate white woman, if I can, <laughs> Naomi. Yes, you can. Um, yes, you can. And so... We were the president was supposed to go out to Las Vegas for an event for Senator Reid, who, as we all know, has recently passed away. And my husband, now husband, was his chief of staff. So we have to cancel the trip because the underwear bomber has happened. And then uh, White House chief of staff Jim Messina was like, hey, can you work with Reid's chief of staff to reschedule the trip? Blah, blah, blah. So you guys. What? We this this person who was ungoogleable at the time. What? There was nothing to be found on this David Crone person. <laughs> and he um we ended up like getting in this like email back and forth and I was like making jokes about Saved by the Bell and he got them and I was like, "Who is this person who gets my Saved by the Bell jokes? This is hilarious." <laughs> and so then the underwear bomber put a screech in halt <laughs> Let to this me meeting. Tell you. And so then I am the earthquake in Haiti happens and I am being deployed to Haiti to to work out of the embassy to do all sorts of things. But I tell David, I was like, hey, like, you know, I'm going to loop you in with my deputy, Danielle, because I don't know when I'm going to be back on the grid. Like they're saying that the phones don't work. And he was like, well, make sure you come back in one piece so I can take you out to dinner. And I was like, <gasps> what? Ooh. 
And then when I got back after like 10 days, however long I was in Haiti, he had left a gift certificate on my desk to go to the Four Seasons with a friend for a massage and dinner. What? Yeah, that was it. And then we went on dates every Wednesday and Saturday night for two years until we got engaged. <laughs> Wednesday and Saturday night. Now, yeah. oh, that's like a small town. You are a Stars Hollow. That sounds like <laughs> very wholesome in Stars Hollow. Because it's like our schedules were so crazy. We were like very mature about it at the outset. We're like, okay, we like each other, right? Yeah, we like each other. So <laughs> I'm not going to mess around. And be like, oh, because like in D.C., the ultimate when you're dating someone is when they're like, oh, emergency at work. As if you're the most fucking important person on the planet. Now, look, sometimes <laughs> that happens. A lot of times it's theater. And so <laughs> we decided to dispense with the theater. And we're like, OK, so do we agree that we will clear our schedules every Wednesday and Saturday to go out to dinner? And we did. And that wow. was it. And then we got married. Now we live in the woods. <laughs> so in other words, the underwear bomber was your Cupid. Cupid, uh-huh. Cupid, <laughs> truly, you guys. Truly. Instead was, of a bow and arrow, it was a bomb in his boxers. If it had not been for him, you guys, you know, I have to be quite honest. I had never really thought about this. Had it not been for the underwear bomber, <laughs> I'll probably be living in L.A. with you guys, to be honest. <laughs> so you're saying there are upsides of terrorism. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> listen, I'm not about to put lipstick on that pig. Okay. <laughs> but OK, here's my question, though. Because by that point, you were like in your 30s, like you were, you I know, was you've like been 36 or 37. So, yeah, so you knew who you, you knew yourself. You were like, this is, you know, what I want to be doing. But at the same time, as you said, because you're also in this place where everyone's career driven at the time you are affiliated with the most powerful person. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, how did you know it was he was for real for real and not just being debonair oh so mostly because i got the sense that he was a bit of a hermit and for him to like do anything social seemed like a big deal um (laughs) because everybody talked about oh my god it was like the legend of david crone they're like david crone the ultimate bachelor you know and i was like why I was like, you guys, I'm not meant to end up with the ultimate bachelor. Like, that's just <laughs> not my vibe. It's not my destiny. And he, I think we knew because it was like, we always kept the date. I always looked forward to it. You know what I mean? It's like, and then he, I just felt like, because he's 10 years older than I am. And I just felt like if he wasn't in it for real, like, why would he waste his time? You know, I mean, like, mm. we're both so busy. That's kind of, that was like kind of the upside is that. In order to be able to arrange my day on a Wednesday or to not be just so fucking tired on a Saturday night, you really had to kind of want to do it. Like Mm -hmm. I canceled plans all the time and I never wanted to cancel plans and he never wanted to cancel plans. So I think that was just our like smoke signal, you know, that Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, I think this might be real because I don't want to cancel on him. And it's not just because we go for low main every Saturday night. (laughs) Right. He didn't. It wasn't like you were at dinner and he had like his stock portfolio out and was asking like, so how do you think, uh, how do you think this executive order is going to, how do you think the executive order about? No, it's so funny because I really, because people miss at the time I think people misunderstood and people still kind of don't that like the White House and the Senate are not always on the same page they're not Mm -hmm. always aligned they don't always have the same goals and so there are times when you know I walked into a room and I heard fuck crone and I was like oh (laughs) shit this is uncomfortable (laughs) someone would just say that to you well here's the thing too everybody knew y'all were dating 
It was like that? It, we kept it a secret for a while. And then I felt sort of like when I heard enough of the like fucking crone. That, it wasn't fuck David Crone. It was fucking crone. As if like he had done something <laughs> uh-huh. or he was like throwing a, you know, a grenade again. Uh-huh. And then finally I felt like, I'm like, is this like a reporter dating a source? Like, should I cop to this? Uh-huh. And so then I finally did. And it was like a little awkward. <laughs> to be fair, maybe they were talking about Baba Yaga, the famous... <laughs> Russian witch, the crone. Yeah, and you just crone. and you just misunderstood. It was just a different. Uh, you Listen, didn't... in my heart of hearts, I wanted to think they were talking about Penny Crone, who used to go live from New York One uh, in uh-huh. Queens. She she'd always say Penny Crone live from Queens, and I was like, maybe they talking about Penny, but they weren't. You never know. They you you they never weren't. know. It's uh, that's why the world is so uh, uh, weird and wonderful. You never yes. know if someone's talking about your husband or Baba Yaga. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but wait okay so, uh, yes you have a lot to unpack. well i have a lot I of questions want, so like, go ahead. because yes go ahead Andrew. well i just want to know is dc uh as psychopathic as los angeles is in a different way right mm-hmm. so like when i go to when i have been to things in la it's like everyone's always so done up it's so like extremely thin and uncomfortable for me. And in DC, (laughs) it's that everybody, instead of leading with like new parts of their body that have been retouched or whatever, they just lead with their job, right? It's like, oh, uh, I'm chief of staff to this senator, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I could care less. And I never wanted to tell. I always said I worked, when people would be like, what do you do? And I'd be like, I work in government. Because I never, I didn't want fake new friends, mm-hmm. you know, because of, because people wanted to get close or wanted like a fucking egg roll invitation. <laughs> and, you know, one of the funniest things w- that happened during the transition between the campaign and the White House is that the Bush team, because, um, you know, they were in the White House at that point, they were really wonderful about the transition. And the chief of staff at that time was this guy, Josh Bolton. But when we got there for our transition meeting, I was with my deputy, Danielle, who, Naomi, you would just love. I call her Dee Dee. She was big black rose. I was little white rose. And (laughs) we were together. I don't know. We were together for so many years. And we show up and we're in our suits and they're too tight because we'd been having too many bagels with double meat, double cheese. You know what I mean? (laughs) And we're walking into the West Wing reception. And it's amazing because the West Wing reception, every amazing person in the world has been through the West reception. And we're like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're supposed to meet. And the security guards were like, shut your fucking mouth. Fucking go. Stop talking and go. (laughs) So we get there and it turns out that the chief of staff was like, you know what? We know what your job's going to be like when you get here and the holidays are going to be fucking miserable because everybody's going to want something from you. You are going to hide from friends. You're going to hide from your family because everybody wants a tour. Everyone wants a Christmas invitation. So we wanted to make sure that you two got to come in and have a tour of the Christmas decorations when you could really enjoy them because you'll never enjoy them again. And let me tell you something. Nothing more touching I mean she and I still talk about it like we held hands the entire time like we had just been let out of prison or something (laughs) and when we did get there his words could never have been truer it was like your inbox was just full of people who were like oh hey don't know if you remember me at a party and it's like you know what that's why I never went to parties again because I was like no I actually didn't because I've never been to a party okay so you can just (laughs) keep that to yourself just ask me if you want to come but don't pretend like I went to a party because I haven't left my house or my office in two years (laughs) yeah okay so this is I mean this is the thing that I think like 
especially with the dating and also with friends, uh, that's uh, a mind fuck about, I guess, both politics and entertainment which are so similar hey yo i mean look Mm. we always said dc was just la for ugly people (laughs) Mm. hello hello Mm. uh (laughs) and well uh okay so i mean and also both of them run by wealthy elites let's be honest but (laughs) (laughs) but but the uh i guess the thing is that um how do you figure out actual friendships because i know like when i first moved out here in 2013 a bunch of people i I had my first job here and a bunch of people um that i knew kind of from new york like got in touch with me and they're like oh we should get lunch or something i'm like oh cool i guess you know they're reaching out you know uh, i'm new here and you know and then very quickly i found out they wanted me to pass on a packet for them or they wanted me to like introduce them to someone i'm like Okay, okay. And I was very bad, and I'm still very bad at sussing out when (laughs) someone genuinely is interested in me or when someone is like using me. I mean, at this point, to like get to Naomi or someone like that. And uh, it's, uh, yeah. So (laughs) it really, it, it does kind of fuck with your head. And I'm kind of curious how you dealt with that as a wholesome person as a genuine person as a genuine wholesome person so (laughs) there were definitely people so the interesting correlation right between dc and la is that very transitory like if your show doesn't get picked up in la it doesn't you know if you Mm -hmm. get canceled like you know you have to move on and who knows if you can afford to stay in the city in dc a lot of people's livelihoods are up on the chopping block every two years Right. Mm -hmm. If you're in Congress, six, if you're in the Senate, four, if you're in the White House. And so for me, most of my friendships came from work. I did not really have many. I can probably count on my hand what maybe one or two people who I never, ever worked with who became I became friends with when I was Mm -hmm. in D.C. But most of my friends, like I said, my deputy, Danielle, I mean, she wasn't just my deputy. I mean, we were like sisters. I mean, like all of the, all the kids who worked for me, or they're not kids now, they're in their 40s, but, <laughs> you know, people who worked for me, um, John Favreau, Dan Pfeiffer, I mean, we'd like just been through shit. Like when you're, especially like on the campaign, right? It's like a bunch of people moved to Chicago to work for Barack Obama, who is running against Hillary Clinton. You guys, like, we didn't move to Chicago because we thought we were going to win. We (laughs) moved to Chicago because we thought Barack Obama was fucking legit and that, you know, if he was going to do, if he was going to make a run for it, then if there was one person we wanted to get behind, it was him. Because the one thing that we knew about him is that he would never sort of change who he was to be able to do that. So when you have that sort of alignment, like those, all the people who went, not all of them, in the very, (laughs) we call ourselves the originals, the people who were there in the very beginning. We were all there. We were like, we moved out there. We didn't know if we'd be unemployed in five or six months. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't know what was going to happen to us. And so there is a real camaraderie and honest wholesomeness that comes from (laughs) that. And so those people who were my friends there really remained my closest group of friends like to this day. And that's that's how I made my friends, honestly. Because yeah. everybody else was sort of, you know, and then there were the people too, like the people who went to work for Hillary, who were like, yo, girl, we're always going to be pals. Like some of my <laughs> friends who went to work for Hillary threw me a party to go to when I left for Chicago. And then there are the people who are like, if you ever talk to Alyssa Mastromonaco again, uh, you're dead to us. And so it's a real, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. It's a crazy insane. environment, especially I'm just like, 
And those a- people are the K-Hive right now. <laughs> They're, it's entirely possible. And so that's how, that's how I made my true blue friends. Because uh-huh. they were the people who, when you were sick as a dog, they were the people who were like, just go home, man. I got your back. Like, like those, yeah. that's who those people were. And so those are the people who I brought to the White House with me. They were utterly reliable. You know, utterly mm-hmm. reliable, both personally and professionally. And then do you have to like build up like with these other people? Cause you know, I only see this stuff at a distance. Right. And so I don't know what the real like actual emotional investment is for you or the like, uh, or the existential or like any, like what is it actually to be there in the white house and having to deal with people? Like, do you have to have walls up between like, can you ever trust someone or is it always like a kind of scheming right is it i I mean for the most part for the most part i was very suspect of most people and Mm -hmm. very like um curt professional i guess is how i would call it you know it's Mm -hmm. like if someone called me for something i was kind of like cut to the chase you know don't (laughs) butter me up you're not not, you're not taking me for lunch like give me a break i don't have time for lunch and so it was like if i could do it I could do it. You know, if mm-hmm. there was something that someone asked me and it was reasonable, I would do it. But I didn't need buttering up or, you know, like yeah, you didn't want the someone to write the a game. profile on me or anything like that. And like uh-huh. I didn't do press, you know, for all those years. You you would not find there were no articles about me until the day I left. Yeah. You know, other than when I got engaged to David. Because I, I, I found like, one article what? that was about you guys. Yeah, as like movers and shakers. There was like some article about you guys like buying yeah. property. That's all I could find, which I had to look because I was like, because <laughs> there was one point we were doing a hysteria where you said something about like my time with Obama. And I was like, what? Because, you know, I was like convinced you were 25. And um, so then I had to like Google. But you so always, now like, you know I'm about to stuff. be 46. But you've still done so much, and you is look this so young. Forty six. Is this wholesome very wholesome for forty six? Thank, Thank you. But then you always, you know, you had so much stuff uh, going on. But like, how did? Yeah, how did you? How do you stop from becoming cynical in that, or just like a monster? Oh, let's be clear. I definitely had moments of monster. You know, yeah. I mean, the girls would be like, uh, we a lot of times we met in my office, and if someone called me up, I'd be one minute I'd be talking to them as I'm talking to you, and the next minute I'd answer my phone. I'd be like, you know, this is Alyssa, and they'd hear the following. Uh huh. Hmm. Uh okay. And they'd be like, oh, oh, they're about to get bad AM voice because like <laughs> I, my voice would change if I thought someone was being suspect. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there was, there was no, um, there were very few people who I ever thought were um, truly, truly just like, you know what, Alyssa's cool and we want to hang out with her. That was not the case. You know, most of the invitations I got were, you know, actually, here's a funny thing. There was an investigation. Uh, it was a <laughs> random thing a couple of years ago. And some of my old emails were brought to my attention and the law enforcement person who was asking me these questions was like, so your emails? I was like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> they're very different than you. I was like, yeah, because I was fucking by the book. 
You will learn that. <laughs> and they went as they went through all of these. It's like, you know, you see me and I'm like a fairly upbeat, you know, mm-hmm, funny yeah. person. But some of these emails, when they read them back to me, I was just like, damn, I was good. You know, I don't even <laughs> think I could do it anymore. I've like lost all etiquette. I just fucking punctuate shit with like exclamation points now and emojis. But back then I was just like, please see previous. I literally replied to someone once and just said, please see previous response. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> And that was Obama. But that's, <laughs> but that's like, that's how it happened. You know, like, that's just what happens is that you just become, I didn't feel a need to make a lot of these people my friends because I just mm-hmm. assumed that they were coming to me because they wanted something that I would ultimately not want to give them or be able to give them. So it was like, let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> See uh-huh. previous email. <laughs> See previous email. Oh, so <gasps> cutting. So cutting. I really like feel that in my bones. But now, you know, because you said, didn't you tell me you work for Bernie right out of college or during college? During college. During college. I went, oh my God, you guys, how funny. So here's my I University know, I of Vermont, <laughs> I my know. University of Vermont sweatshirt. So when I was a freshman, sophomore, when I was a sophomore, um, so the funny thing that's so different about politics now, and I wish that people would get, I wish it would go back a little bit to the way it was. I mean, being a freshman and a sophomore at the University of Vermont, I mean, I saw Bernie on television like every day, you know, mm-hmm. and he came to campus all the time. They registered people to vote, you know, and when I saw him on television, you know, I think I would have been hard pressed to figure out if he was a Democrat or Republican because really he was just trying to help people. You know, Mm -hmm. and I thought that was so cool. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe I should like try this. Like maybe I should be an intern. (laughs) And so I applied to be an intern. And you guys, it was like the greatest fucking decision of my life. Because I went from being a French major with a minor in Japanese to political science with a minor in French because of Bernie. Because the thing that I think people misunderstand and something I really, one of the biggest, I mean, Donald Trump did a lot of bad shit, but there's such a difference between public service and politics. And the thing that I loved about being the intern in Bernie's office was that it was public service. It was so Mm -hmm, little. mm -hmm. I almost never heard him talk about politics. And I was such a little do-gooder that (laughs) when I would, they would send me to pick him up at the airport and drive him to events sometimes. So my big jobs were, I would answer the phone. And this is, you guys, this is before email. So people didn't email in or use the, there was no internet. You know, they didn't use technology to surface their problems. They had to call and talk to me and explain their problem to me. And I wrote it down. I assigned it to a caseworker. So every Monday, we had a meeting about the incoming. And every Friday, we had a meeting about how many problems had been solved. And so when I would go pick up Bernie, sometimes I'd give him casework updates. And sometimes (laughs) I would like binge the New York Times and the Washington Post and just be like ready to regurgitate whatever was on his (laughs) mind. And he's like, you listen to me. I don't give a shit about what's in the New York Times or the Washington Post. I want to know what's in the Rutland Herald, you know, like what's in all the local, the Burlington Free Press, like what's in all the local papers. And it was such a game changer. You know, like it really was. I was like, oh my God, like he just fucking cares about people. And so anyway, I was so extra when I was an intern. They're like, do you want to also intern as a um, campaign aide? Because it was the, they were gearing up for 96, you guys. They were gearing up for the big, big midterm in 96. And he was like, do you want to go down? I was like, do you want me to work free someplace else? Like, of course I'll do that. And... 
by the end of the summer, they were like, do you want to come to Washington? And the funny thing is I did go to Washington in Bernie's office the next summer and the experience was so night and day. Mm. I loved every day of being in the Vermont office. I loved every night of being in the campaign office. There was, I was drinking it all in. Literally, I think my IBS was triggered and came to full, like really blossomed when I moved to D.C. to be an intern uh, for him. And it had nothing to do. His office was like this very precious enclave of like hippies who cared. But the stars minute hollow. that you left, it was it was it was like socialist stars hollow. And then <laughs> you leave that that safe space and you're just like, fuck, like mm-hmm. these people are awful I can't tell you how many like awful young people I met so no I didn't go out there either I was just like you know what I'm just gonna go back to the couch I'm renting from my friend <laughs> like just go watch you know a time to kill with Matthew McConaughey one more time. <laughs> well I guess that's what, yeah that's why I was asking that because it's like you know you were kind of you got on your path very early mm. and it's always you know that is a work that is what's the word all-consuming and so you know, I can't imagine you were doing much dating because, first of all, everybody you're meeting is in the same pool. They're all driven. And- I don't know. Yeah. Did you get to meet Bob Dole in 1996? <laughs> I, I, to- I didn't get to meet Bob Dole, but I did protest Newt Gingrich's contract with America. <laughs> did you meet anyone there? Meet anyone no. protesting the contract with America? No, it was just all the girls from Chittenden Hall, you know? <laughs> Sorry to have interrupted. No, no, no. But I'm like, you know, I can't imagine there was a lot of dating experience before you got with your now no. husband, given no. that. Yeah. I had one boyfriend uh, that I had met when I worked for Senator John Kerry, when he was still a senator in Massachusetts. I worked for John Kerry in like 1999 or 2000 for about two years. And I met someone who I dated on and off for like seven or eight years. But it was, it was, um, he's a wonderful person. Love him very much. But he, uh, he was like, everybody wanted to date him, right? And he might have dated some of them while we were together. (laughs) Okay. So after that, after that, I was like, you know what? I think I'm good because I just, (laughs) I was like at some point in my life. And also it's not like I chose work over having a life. I was just totally fulfilled by my jobs. You know, like I was, I was not even, maybe I had just turned 30. I just turned 30 and I was the political director for Barack Obama. Like that's a lot. That's enough. Yeah. That's enough. You know, that's enough. (laughs) I had yeah. I had my my giant fat Persian cat Shrum. Like yes, I was good. Yes. I was good. <laughs> I never felt like woe is me. You know, yeah, also, yeah, yeah. let me tell you something, you guys. Living in DC, I can't say that I ever saw a bunch of friends who had, you know, partners where I was like, God, I'm so jealous. <laughs> 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 like, shit, what about me? You know? And so Well, I, I mean, what were good. the partners like? Just like Ugh. basically like the children from succession? <laughs> I mean, but not with that level of of humor, you know. Like, <laughs> well, not not a Tom's Wob, not a Tom Wobgans in the bunch. <laughs> I mean, no, I know what you mean about not what was me, even though God, that was never me. Like I wish, but I can tell you, like, have a healthy self esteem. Someone told you you were enough at a very crucial age, yeah, and that's yeah. why you could live that way. But I just mean more like the thing that I always am interested in is how you know when you've found the person or you know when someone is right for you or you like them yeah. 
when you haven't had a lot of time to tune your compass, you know, because I yes. know that I didn't know much. And like, I, I remember like Andy was a very conscious choice for me to do something different. You yes. know what I mean? Like pick yes. a different type of person. So. I, yes. So David was very mature, like not just in age, but he was like, he's like a much more serious person than mm-hmm. I am. And so I liked that about him. And I think that he really enjoyed that I was like quite lighthearted when I could be, you know, and <laughs> when you were legally allowed to be like when I was when I no longer had a classified phone system in my bedroom. Oh. Um, but for him, I think I mean, for as it relates to like me knowing I knew, but I was still scared. You know, like, I mean, I had real breakdowns before we got married. I was like, Mm. what is this? You know, especially because he was like much more established than I was. And I had been a government employee and a public servant and worked on campaigns. And so it's like, you know, the minute I paid off my debt from the bad vacation I took when I went to Wisconsin, when I was like, everybody go to Club Chaos. Let's take out this new Citibank card. Um, You know, (laughs) by the time. What? What? You guys, I like opened up a Citibank card just to get all of my friends into like club chaos in Miami, like my senior year. And someone was like, don't worry, you don't have to pay it off until you're like 30. And I was like, really? That's awesome. It's not true. You guys, it's definitely not true. That shit spirals out of control. And so, you know, by the time we got together, I mean, he was just like a very established person and I still felt a bit like an embryo. And so I was... Definitely, I felt like this was the first person I dated who I knew was like in it for the right reasons, seemed super stoked to just be around me. You know, like he seemed to have no doubts whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are you trying to create problems or see problems where there aren't problems? And that's kind of like what I was doing, you know, mm-hmm. when I was like, if I move in here, because, you know, I mean, on the one hand, it was true. On the other hand, I was just spiraling into the, you know, into orbit. But at one point, I was just sobbing in his house, which he kept being like, it's our house. And I was like, whatever. (laughs) And he's just like, what is wrong? Like, just, I don't understand. You're not using your words. Like, what's wrong? And I was like, don't you understand the minute that I give up my apartment and get rid of my furniture? Like, I can't afford to buy all that furniture again if we get divorced. And he was like, what? talking about I was like in this house is like all your taste and what about my taste and he's like so put up your fucking artwork like what are you doing (laughs) you're literally making problems where there are none and I was like you don't mind if I bought all the art that you know if I hang up all the art that I bought on foreign trips you know up in your house and he was like no it's our house stop saying your house and so I think that like to me that nobody had really ever been like okay you know what it was I'm gonna give it to you he was like at the end of Bridget Jones when when Colin Firth is like, I love you just as you are. Mm-hmm. Right. That was 100 percent. David didn't want me to be anybody different. He didn't want me to be less extra because I've always been a little extra. <laughs> you know, he didn't want me to to be the kind of person who would like go to those stuffy D.C. dinners with him. Like we were just two people who loved going to Miwa for Chinese and then Whole Foods. That's why I love everything you guys when you talk about Trader Joe's because <laughs> for as long as you have talked about it since the beginning of the pandemic every time I just tell David I was like it's like us when we used to go to Miwa and the Whole Foods across the street in Bethesda like that was our <laughs> I, like there was no greater time like people could all be partying at the like Vanity Fair yeah. White House Correspondents Dinner after party at the Italian Embassy and we'd be like yo we so good just going to Miwa like that <laughs> we're good and so when I really felt that I was like this is the person 
who I just want to like fucking get old with you know like Mm -hmm. I know we're always Mm -hmm. gonna have fun we're always gonna find a way to like enjoy whatever situation we're in and we did you know yeah 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 yeah. that's how I knew that's I think that's how I knew yeah that's very sweet I think that's what it ends up always being right it's the person you can just kind of be yourself around yeah and just relax the relax the the person that's what it is it's the relax but it's so interesting because I realized what I realized is because like when you don't like who you are when someone makes you feel uncomfortable you're like well that's right well that's right they you know and it's like maybe I should improve to align with whatever I think will make this person happy who knows yes because you're like well I'm not good enough as it is you know and it's like oh that's the problem and then I remembered like you and I are very like talk about being a lot and nonsense and you just kind of were game from the beginning meaning like yeah nothing could really phase him which is very interesting because he's so like at the time was very like repressed pennsylvania energy and yet nothing really like yeah nothing phased him nothing scandalized him nothing was he was like he was never like oh my god i can't believe you're doing that pennsylvania thing because my husband's also from pennsylvania I look. I is have, he Jewish? Is he Jubu as well? Yeah, he's Jubu. Yeah, so she's a Pennsylvania Jubu as well. Well, uh, this is my take on Pennsylvania: <laughs> is that the kind of like um, Amish gentility has infused itself into the let's say Geist <laughs> into the <laughs> into the the spirit of Pennsylvania, and so if you're raised there, kind of like seeps it, regardless of what religion race creed you are if you grew up in outside of pittsburgh or philly he grew up outside of philly yeah yeah where did he grow up outside of philly is he like mainline is he a main no 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 no. he's not (laughs) we're gonna say was he a mainline jew as no uh, no and he's and he's a nittany lion he went to penn state after Uh i mean like for college well i went to pitt so we're rivals (laughs) that's how it goes you know (laughs) <laughs> there was always this thing, and I never understood it, but it was like Pitt always thought their rivals, and I could give a shit about football, just so we're clear, <laughs> but Pitt always thought their rivals were Penn State, but Penn State never thought <laughs> Pitt was a rival. because it it's, like, uh, <laughs> it's like how it goes with animals in a hierarchy in your home. It's like one's like always yapping to get at the other one. The other one's like, bitch, please. Uh-huh. It's not. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're not. Okay, yeah. we're not. Uh, but of course, our philosophy department was better than Penn State. So, <laughs> see, you've got that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the top analytic departments. Gross. Gross. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I hate it. I, I hated every moment. Of it. Not every moment of it. My Heidegger class and my uh, class on existentialism. Okay, that's good. You found two. You found two <laughs> out of all that grad school. I mean, no, undergrad. That was undergrad. But yeah, that no, was undergrad. Yeah, but um, uh. Okay, I feel like we're in a good place. I think so. I feel like we, I think so. we know you. We've yes. done okay. a look into your we soul. We know your history. We love that. Uh, so why don't we take a quick break? And when we get back, we're going to answer some of your advice questions. Oh, I can't wait. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray. And it is so friggin' soft and comfortable. And it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got in the new t-shirt shop. Penny with Alyssa Mastromonaco. Penny here to help you handle your scandal. She is giving us government realness. She is giving us little house on the prairie realness because she does make her own jams and they are all bougie flavored and delicious. They're not that bougie flavored, but have you, did you notice my latest Instagram story? I'm also making um, infused vodkas now. What? Now you're running what? a distillery? Not even. I just buy high quality vodka and then I've been messing around with seasonal fruits. Okay, so I've got Ooh. I've got some spiced pear going on with uh, I've got some spiced pear, pear with vanilla and cinnamon. Then I've Ooh. got some clove and ginger and cinnamon. So we'll see how they turn out. Yeah, but it's, you're not you're not fermenting your own potatoes. No, no, I buy it from the store. Okay, it's like okay. gifts. I can't I can't sell it. Wh- real quick before we get into the questions, though, where'd you grow up? Rhinebeck, New York. Oh, okay. So that's why you're up there in the country and it's like you really took to it. Because yeah, I swear because to God, I was, you... I was already in it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because like, y'all, Alyssa lives in the country, literally like a neighbor half a mile apart, right? Like they're like that far away. I mean, th- I have one neighbor that's across the street and I can see their house and we text, but we text a lot. The minute the weather starts going south, right, we're like, you got to talk about it. Is your generator working? Do you have salt? Do you have salt right. for the oh, driveway? You yeah, need yeah, the salt. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's really nice. And in the winter, they all get jammed before Christmas, obviously. Sure. <laughs> well, after the Club Chaos fiasco, I you mean, would probably now, move now as far I away from, an, jam. Now I pay <laughs> from a major city as possible. Uh, so, okay, we get questions I know. from 
our listeners through Twitter, Instagram, Gmail. Voicemail is, of course, our favorite. Naomi, Absolutely. what is that number? That number is 323-524-7839. You gotta call me, honey. Okay? Call me like I'm Erica Badu and you Tyrone. Okay? <laughs> Just call me. Hi, Andy and Naomi and esteemed guests. Uh, I love the pod. Um, so I have a family question. I'm home for the holidays right now, which is always, you know, a bit stressful for most people, but (laughs) it's just especially painful this time. Um, I feel like my parents' relationship is in a really bad place, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm grappling with accepting that maybe they should get divorced, um, They just had their 30-year anniversary. They both got married. It wasn't their first marriage for either of them. They got married in their late 30s, early 40s. Um, And when I was growing up, I I always thought, you know, we were a happy family. Maybe I was naive, but maybe the dynamic has really devolved, I think, especially since 2016, because my dad has always been Republican, but before he said he was just like a fiscal Republican, and my mom has always been uh, more left-leaning socially, economically, etc. And now the differences are very pronounced, especially with the polarization. My dad seems to at least feel more comfortable expressing his bigotry and racism, and he just says all of these things that like trigger me, trigger my mom. There are so many topics meaningful political social topics we can't talk about as a family um, without starting a fight. Um, But even more troubling, I mean, that's very troubling, but even more troubling is just the way that my dad treats my mom. It's so heartbreaking and painful for me to see. Like, from the moment he gets in the door, he belittles her. He makes fun of her, playing it off like a joke, but Uh he's being serious. Um, He acts like everything she does is wrong. Anything she does, she's not doing it right. He's controlling. He'll literally, like, take stuff out of her hands when she's in the kitchen and, like, make her get out of the way. And, And it's just it's it's awful because my mom is so smart. She has a freaking PhD. She had a full career as a professor. She's leader in like feminist organizations in the second wave. And she picks her battles and doesn't make a big deal out of everything all every time it happens because it's constant. But it's just I, I don't know what to do. I can't just sit here and watch him act like this and I brought it up before because I lived with them for a couple of months in COVID and 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 my dad you know played it off like we're fine but they're not fine and I've been trying to get them to go to couples therapy for almost two years now nothing's happened um I don't know I just hate to see my mom being treated this way and she's 70 now so I want her to enjoy you know, her golden years. That was pretty much it. I just am really upset about my parents' unhealthy marriage. And, yeah, any advice you have? Is it my place to even try to intervene and fix things? Or, yeah, any any advice on how I can help my mom and dad, you know, would be great. Love you guys. Thank you. Ugh. That's oh, a lot. I know my heart breaks for this caller, and whoo, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Yeah. So I don't listen. I listen to just a little bit of these 
uh, just to get the <laughs> flavor of what the question is. And I, I, I was like, <laughs> I did not realize how far. Because uh, I, I thought, I'm like, oh, if it's just like a political thing, there's maybe some stuff. But he just sounds kind of like an asshole, right. period. And it I'm sounded like, to me, it sounded to me like the pandemic and Trump revealed a lot about right. who her dad was right. and gave him a permission yeah. structure to act a way that he's probably been wanting to act for a while. And if I were to give her any advice, I would say she should just try to get her mom out of the house to do special things with her, yeah. like one-on-one. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like maybe like Christmas, like the holidays, it's hard. And with COVID, it's like, you know, where else is this poor young person supposed to go? And I just feel like her dad sounds awful, but he probably always was awful. But I, if I were her, I don't know that I would intervene per se. I think I would just try to do more special things one-on-one with my mom. I, I'm, I definitely think that that's a good call. I think there are a couple things here. Uh, this really, this does, this, is a, this question does speak to my heart. I think here's a couple things that suck. And I think it's more generational. That at that age, late 60s, 70, it's hard. For, yeah. A lot of people do not want to start over. And it no. is hard. And I don't know your parents' finances. Can, can your mother literally like practically move out and have an apartment on her own? You know what I mean? No one wants to do that, especially as they get up in years because you get used to and you need companionship. However, when that companion is not particularly pleasant, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, how does this help? And so that's why I do think what you're saying, Alyssa, is right. Like getting out of there as much as possible, going to do stuff. My other question to you, too, are you the only kid? Right. That was if my you, question, too. Yeah, because it's like if there's some other siblings, you know, I think it is worth having a conversation where you sit down with your mother, maybe, or, or your father. Either way, I think it should be a separate conversation, like each yeah. person separately, but where you're like, I don't like it really hurts me. It, you know, it makes me sad. It hurts my feelings. When you talk to mom in this way, mom, it really hurt. It really makes me sad when I see, you know, when I see you being insulted. Yeah. When I, when I see that. you accept this behavior. Yes. Because I think that a parent can't deny that kind of response. And it right. can be, depending on a parent, it can be a wake up call. Because, mm-hmm. you know, no, no matter what the age you always want to be you know, someone your ch- your child can respect at the very least, or, you know, let alone, you know, some parents feel like, look up to me or like, let me control your life until you're 70 yourself. But other parents who are just like, I want you to, you know, see me in a certain way. It may change something. Couples therapy, you know, you it only works if both people want to do it. So you've suggested it, leave it alone. There's no way to get them in. Even if you like right. literally paid for a session, got them a therapist and dropped them off. They, they would not have like a we're gonna go get mcdonald's after this <laughs> it's uh, like no you can't make anybody so like you said what you said but i think it is i think it's definitely like can you get mom out also not just that what's mom's social life like right what else is she doing does she have people in her life when you're not there who can Make her smile. Remind her she's the jam. Like, just, you know, make yeah. her... A bridge crew. Yes. Yes. Who would she bridge A with? little mahjong. Yes. She needs some people. And so, you know, is that something she has, depending on where she lives and how close people are? Is uh-huh. there... I know it sounds cheesy. Is there a senior center? Because she go over there and hang out. 
for right. like four Do hours. Do a little Zumba, you know? Hello, a Zumba, a pottery moment. And aren't like senior centers hotbeds of sexual activity? <laughs> Maybe. Yes, yes. Or here's yes. a question. Yes. Ashley Madison, is that only for men? How much does a... <laughs> Can you get your mom a subscription to it? <laughs> get your mom on Bumble. I don't know. Yeah. Like, like right. I don't know. If, if she's but stuck I, with this dude, then I feel like know, that's such an good advice because there are a couple things that could happen if her mom sort of like seeks fulfillment outside of the house. Mm-hmm. One, she can potentially compartmentalize his behavior as, mm-hmm, you know, one. Mm-hmm. Two, is he like weirdly doing this to like show off in front of his daughter? Like, you know how sometimes people act weird when like new people are introduced into an equation? Like, is he always like this? Like, does her mm-hmm. mom say it's worse when she's home or better? Um, He's like when I was in high school and I would make jokes from the back of the classroom. Right. To try to like show off. Right. Like, is that, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. is it like, like it's hard to sort like what the kernel, like what the genesis yeah. of his problem is. But the, her mom may be like, you know, if she goes out more with some friends, if she gets a mahjong team, if she's doing dance classes at the senior center, she might be like, you know what? My life can be better and I yep. should make a change. Or she might be like, you know what? I just need a break from this motherfucker. Right, 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 right. You know, exactly. because it's true. Like if, if they're in their 70s, I mean, it may be the kind of thing where they've made it this long. This is just like a real bad spot where after two years, they're on each other's fucking nerves more than anyone could imagine. And right. I mean, like during pandemic, we had a countdown calendar where we knocked off every day like we were in prison mm-hmm. and we would like high five <laughs> each other. We're like, we made it 100 days and we still love each other. Like we made it 500 <laughs> days and we still love each other. So it's like, but not everybody had that experience. Yep, yep. Definitely. And 500 days of COVID. <laughs> that feeling of also too, you know, it's so interesting when we talk about people as they age, sometimes it really does seem like people hit 65 and stop giving fucks because it's like, you didn't used to talk like that before. Right. And so, you know, so when we say it's like, okay, yes, Trump happened, but there is something also that happens as you get older some people, for a lot of people, at least in my experience, where it's like, what happened? You didn't used to be so ornery. conservative or yes. ornery or impatient with people, or maybe you his lose catheter empathy. is too painful. His cath, his catheter. Yeah, get a new catheter. Okay, that could be. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your dad he's got to change out his cath, and because like, that's isn't that weird? It's just like weird because we talk about this with our parents too, it where is, it's like we y'all were fun before. Well, I mean, there's different things that that happen, but like, um. I do think the last, I think since 2008, I think uh, the financial crash, I th- we moved into yeah. this new paradigm. And I think it really like, um, I think between that and between the Trump years that it just emboldened, I forget, did you say this, Naomi? Like maybe he was an asshole and he was just waiting for an excuse. It was Alyssa. Oh, yeah, Alyssa, yeah. sorry. Um, but that like, yeah, maybe like... He, I think the Trump years emboldened assholes to just be publicly assholes. I agree. And, um, you know, maybe he was just, like, that's just, he's like, oh, I can be an, a- there's no repercussions for being a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> okay, great. Great. I can finally like forget the, like the, the cloak of civility I've been wearing. I can burn it. <laughs> like, like those feminists burn their bras in the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> I can burn my cloak of civility and just be a public piece of shit. Ugh. Great. Ugh. Uh, yeah, and so like I just that's why I'm like uh, is there a is I don't know if there is coming back from that I wonder if you just pass through the looking glass into shithole them <laughs> sorry I could, could not think of a more eloquent phrase I mean it works for me it's vivid 
Oh, <laughs> oh, poor, poor. Yeah. Uh, and so like helping your, yeah. So like, I really like both of your suggestions about like, about help, but like the, the emphasis being on helping the mom as opposed to correcting the father's behavior. Yeah. Cause I don't know. Look, I mean, we do know this from like the last like five years. Shaming people doesn't work. Right. You can't shame someone into, into acting like a better person. They only have, they can like either, they have to have their own like come to Jesus moment where they realize that their shittiness has destroyed their relationships. And that's the only, it's like, uh, being an asshole is like being an alcoholic. You have to like right. you have hit to a bottom. bottom and you can't force someone to hit a bottom. Right. right. They have and to if, just experience it on their own. And if she spends more time out of the house, whether it's with the daughter or some new friends or a mahjong group. She, the, You're obsessed the, with mahjong. I am. The husband, <laughs> he might be like, whoa, yep. I miss her. Oh, shit. You know, yep. he might. who knows? Who knows? I'm not saying it's yep. for sure, but it's possible. It's definitely possible. Also, I think there is value depending on how you guys communicate your parents. You know, I also am a big fan of writing a letter because I think especially with a mom, it can be like you give her this letter and it's something she can also always look at and go yeah. back to. Like, you know, like in fucking big, bold letters, you deserve the world. Yeah. you And are I am best. here for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you want to do that, but it's like, yeah, it's like take her out to dinner. Y'all go to Mangiano's. Okay. Yes. And you just take her out and be like, mom. Mahjong at Mangiano's. Mahjong at Mangiano's, honey. If that That's doesn't it. sound like heaven, I don't know what does. <laughs> That is that is uh, that is a memoir waiting to be written. Uh, Alyssa, do you have time for one more? Yeah. All right, here. So I'm cleaning we... my cat's eye. He's Fat Norm loves to just get involved in podcasts. He's he was asleep in the closet <laughs> until I got on the on the phone with you guys. Well, we're surprised too because normally Squee would be right in our face because he sees the mics out and is like, "Ooh, maybe I can get them to give me dry food." Yeah, exactly. you know. And so, up, oh, speak of the devil, well, Prembley's up in here now. I love it, but <laughs> I can't right. believe your cat lets you clean his eyeballs. I they mean, let us near. he knows it's that, or I sit on top of him. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Hey, Naomi and Andy and guest um, number one. Thank you so much for keeping me sane and laughing these last. 18 months or however long as Hellscape has been. <laughs> you truly are a gift. Um, my question is about new-ish friendships. So my husband and I live far away from our social circle. We had moved to a different area for work. And although we have family here who we do love and get along with, it's just not the same as having actual friends. Um, a, a friend of mine from college had set me up with um, someone she knew that she thought we would both get along, um, and we did. We had similar interests in our life and work, and then we're in a you know similar place in our life with like we have kids the same age and whatever. Um, my husband is far more social than me, um, and really misses having a big social circle. Um, I'm fairly antisocial and fine with not really being around <laughs> other people besides um, him. So, and, you know, our family and work and whatever. Um, I should say we both work outside the home in healthcare, so we have not been stuck isolated with each other for a year and a half. So, um, we, we have some outlet. Um, I wanted him to get along with this person's husband, and they get along well enough, but I don't think they'd be friends if you know, we weren't, um, but you know, better than no friends or <laughs> so I thought, um, because I was recently in their home taking care of their kids during an emergency and found a library book, um, Ben Shapiro. So 
I did not expect this based off of any of the conversations I've had with them, how seriously they've taken COVID and vaccinations and they weren't even there. So I could like jokingly bring it up and find out what was going on. Um, we've already had to separate ourselves from crazy Trumpy people um, in our lives and those are people that we've like known and loved since we were born. Um, my husband thinks it's a little extreme for me to take a step back from this friendship based off of a library book, but I feel like if you have that shit in your house, it's got to resonate with you somehow. Um, so what do I do? So I try to figure out how to get more info and like, how do I do that? Um, should I look past this? Which feels like giving people a task for propping up horrible people and ideas. Um, or just going back to having no friends because no friends seem better than right wing friends. Let me know what you think. Thanks for listening. Bye. Okay. So one, so this, there's only one piece of evidence. The Ben Shapiro library book. So it wasn't even a purchase. It wasn't a purchase, but so maybe it was just, Oh, okay. Maybe it was just like, (laughs) Uh, I want to see what this dipshit has to say. Ugh. I'm not going to pay for it. No. I don't know. No. I don't know. I, I think yeah. that yeah. she needs to engage in social media stalking. What's mm. their, what, I guarantee these people have Facebook, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is their <laughs> Facebook saying? What is their Twitter saying? But, like, also, I kind of, I, like, very much feel for this woman because if they, like, have similar, like, kids of a certain age, I mean, does she want her kids being infected with, like, QAnon? I mean, also, (laughs) did she not demand vaccination status before they got together? Like, it's a little, like, I couldn't tell from her question when she was, like, Well, no, she's saying that she is on board, but she was serious about COVID and vaccines. The, The friend was. Yes, which is why she was, which is why this Ben Shapiro book is shocking. It's shocking her. okay. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like a movie where you where like the boyfriend everything is nice and then you suddenly find that like a, a knife in the <laughs> under his pillow. Yeah. It, yeah. I was gonna say in the uh, in the nightstand. And you're uh-huh. like, start and like you know that Hitchcock zoom happens mm, and you're yes. like I, I got to rethink everything. Right. 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 Um, do you drop? So I guess the real question is: Do you drop? Do you if you find just a one thing? Do you drop a friend? Over that one suspicious no. thing. No, no, no. That's what Alyssa's saying. You got to do some stalking. You got to do see some how stalking. Deep this goes. You got to right. see how deep this goes. Like maybe somebody left it at their house. You know what I'm saying? Which again, not great, but better. Yeah. Did you, you check the back? Did out. you check the cards? Or, the they still like, have cards in the back of library books. I don't think. So. I don't know what they do. I feel like they probably have a. <laughs> it's all scan. It's all barcode code, code scanning. But yeah. it's like. But that's why I feel like okay. If they're super into Ben Shapiro and all the loonies. It'll. They won't be able to right. help themselves. There will be some like January six was just tourists, you know. Like there'll be something <laughs> like that on their Facebook page. So I feel like they really. She needs to do some stalking. Yeah, and I say if it's real crazy shit, you should stay friends with them. Like if it's <laughs> like January six was tourists, then like yeah, drop them. But if it's like. Uh, January 6th, we were just trying to find the reptilians. <laughs> then, you say keep her around. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because that stuff's crazy, and it's it could be fun. Oh, it could <laughs> if, be fun. No. If you're friends with someone who thinks that like uh, that like everyone in the government is a, a reptilian, like if, no, if I can't have that liability around. David you Ike and stuff like that. That's that's a fun kind of crazy, as opposed I, to like. I think that's like. <laughs> I feel like if their Facebook page gets a clean bill of health, and there's nothing <laughs> like reposting. 
you know, anything like get Anthony Fauci or there's no like COVID is fake, then I feel like, you know, maybe it's right. an anomaly. Maybe mm-hmm. it is the cut. You know, maybe they were doing like oppo research for something. Like that's who what knows? I was saying. <laughs> I know. So I'm just I mean there there are explanations. But we need one. But we, we need, need one. one. That's exactly right. right. Exactly. Well, right now, one. it's too much like a sitcom. It's too much like a farce, right? Yes. Where you find something and you're like, oh, no, this person is actually a reptilian. I found their human mask and they're a reptilian. <laughs> and it just turned out they just had a mask of a hu- of their own face. Right. For Halloween. Exactly. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 You know what there should be? There should be a job where you pay someone and they go through a person's social media to figure out who that person is. Why do you need to pay them? What? Yeah, it's you don't want to do it yourself. You don't want to do it yourself. Actually, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure that they're as thorough as I would be. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's so fair. Funny. That's oh, I, I'm still going to say this should be a job and I would <laughs> like to do this job for someone. If anyone wants to pay me. $50. I will go through anyone's social media profile and say where they lean, mm-hmm. uh, whether it is politically, whatever you, you know, however you want me to figure it out, right? Yeah. Are they posting? Do they have a gluten allergy? Right. We need to find out who they are without it being traced back to the person who's interested. Are they reposting uh, episodes of Jacobin's The Dig podcast. Uh-huh, uh-huh, or are they uh-huh. reposting Joe Rogan experience? Right. Or is episodes. it all just succession memes? Because that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Do more digging. Is there any... Okay. Here's another thing. What, let's say these people don't have any social media profiles for whatever reason. Is there... Do you just continue to be friends with them until you can suss out what's going on? think so yeah if someone is like very right wing again like the previous caller's dad they're not quiet about it yes 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 yes. good point good point right because they want to make sure they don't they're like oh i'm gonna trigger this lib or i'm gonna see your friends if you get right and and it doesn't sound like that's happened at all it feels like the library book was the first sort of you know breadcrumb Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. yeah she definitely needs to do more digging and have yeah, them yeah. over and like leave out a Joe Biden mug. <laughs> See what happens. See what happens. Well, they might agree on that. <laughs> they might agree that both. I think a lot of people okay. from all parts of the spectrum. Fair enough. Agree Fair enough. What that guy's like. Uh, <laughs> Jack. Uh, <laughs> Jack. Yes, he says it all the time. Oh, he always says, listen, Jack. <laughs> Oh, Andy, that's malarkey. Story. That is just malarkey. <laughs> Me and Corn Pop, Jack. <laughs> By the way, you're all on your own. <laughs> By the way, you're all on your own, Jack. Uh, Alyssa, what a delight. What a dang delight. Oh, thank, thank you guys you. so much. What a great way to spend an hour of my time. So perfect. It really was. Really beautiful. All right, you guys. Hope you had a fun one. And we'll see you next week. Sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.